Absolute Geek Podcast. It's Thursday Night in Phoenix here, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we are doing a special Thursday episode because we couldn't record on Tuesday. Because what are you talking about? We always record on Thursday. Well, we record comic book reviews. We don't record an actual podcast show on <clears throat> Thursday. But this week, you uh, you had issues. You had all kinds of issues. Yeah, this hasn't been my week. Going on. You uh, blew, your, blew up your toilet, and then in uh, essence of dropping that bomb, you hurt your back. So you uh, fit, slipped and fell in poo water. <laughs> I mean, that's, at least that's what I was hurt. That's what I was told. <laughs> yeah. I was told you were taking a big old dump and your toilet cracked and then... I'm going to just stick with water. The pipe sprung <laughs> up and then you fell in poo water. And You know, that's one of the great things about renting is when shit breaks. You don't have to fix it? You don't have to fix it. Yeah. That's what's great. Too bad you don't rent. I do not rent. <laughs> I said that same fucking thing, dude. <laughs> Being a homeowner, I'm like, fuck, if this breaks, I'm fucked. Like, it's great. Yay, I own my own house. I right? make a mortgage every month. Fuck yeah. When I retire. Ooh, my credit know. score is amazing now. And right. fucking the air conditioning went out. You know what? Fuck. My, my house will be paid off in 18 years. Fuck yep. yeah, before I retire. And, you know. And, but when shit breaks, I have to buy it and fix it. Right. <laughs> so I think it sucks. It is not fun, is it? No. Not a good time to be a homeowner if shit breaks. <laughs> <clears throat> so, all right. Let's go ahead and just get into this fucking clusterfuck of a show that it's going to be. Cause I think this show is going to be awesome. We're going we're gonna to see what happens. What do you want to start off with? I'm going to start with The Walking Dead. You want to start with The Walking Dead? I want to start with The Walking Dead. I figured you I've would. I've been waiting of, since Sunday. Instead of the current events that took place. <sighs> you know what? Fuck it. Let's nope, start nope, with, nope, let's start nope. with that. We're going to start with Walking Dead because it gives me time to prepare. Okay, go ahead. Walking Dead. Start. What am I starting with? You start Walking Dead. You're the one that wanted to bitch about it. I do want to bitch about it. I don't have anything to bitch about. Okay, so The Walking Dead was the terrorist special. Who gives a shit about her? I, I, I This whole season, I have... Okay, since the first episode was good, it was awesome. We saw Abraham and Glenn die. Perfect. Great. Awesome. Thank you for going along with the comic, kind of. I appreciate it. Second episode. Morgan. Great. Thanks. That was refreshing. We needed... Um, we, we needed a buffer issue. It was great episode. I loved it. Then we got the Daryl episode. Okay. God damn it. Fucking stupid Easy song. Easy street. And okay. the world's complete. The next episode. We got fucking Negan. A one-shot Negan episode, which was cool because it was Negan that's introducing him. Which followed the comic. And then, which was kind of, and then we got a Michonne episode where it was pretty much just Michonne. She was not shooting well and she was fucking... Well, it's the same, that's the same episode. And... It's the same episode that when Negan came to... But that was more of a, a more... Well, the, like the Daryl episode, you kind of got to see inside of... Negan, and then you kind of yeah. got to see them coming, but it was kind of a Michonne episode. And then we get a fucking terror episode. Okay, first off, AMC, I think you're being a bunch of cheap fucks and not showing everybody. I think that's just where you're going frugal. Well, let's I'm, go frugal with this with this season because let's only show a couple people here and there. Like, and then let, let's focus on Tara. 
Why? You know what? To be honest, I didn't even notice she wasn't on the show. I honestly forgot too. I'll be honest. Because she doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. I forgot that she she was gone. Um, gone. I like, forgot her and Heath left. Dude, it was like seven episodes that they've been gone. Yeah, her and Heath left right after they killed everyone at the satellite uh, compound. Dude, that is a long fucking time ago. But you gotta. But then the oh, next man. episode, well, two episodes later, was the Negan episode where they left you off in the cliffhanger. So nobody cared because all you cared about was who Negan kills. Nobody cares about that, Tara. Who's in that fucking group of people that was there. Nobody gave a shit about her. And, then, and to dedicate an entire episode to her? Fuck you, AMC. Fuck you, Robert Kirkman. Fuck you, whatever the fuck your name is. Whoa. That's uh, a lot of fuck yous. I fuck, fuck everybody right now with The Walking Dead. Well, first, I don't think AMC I, has anything to do with it. They have everything to do with all it. All they do is just show the episode. No. They, they, don't, they don't write them. They don't... They, I guarantee they're way more involved than uh, you fucking think they are with that show. That's their fucking <clears throat> baby. So... But let me... Let me I'm okay. not done yet. I'm not done yet. Okay. Okay, the only... Okay, so yes, we get to see... So instead of just Hilltop, Alexandria, and uh, the kingdom going to war, we're going to have... Oceanside. <laughs> Fuck them bitches too. So th- that's the only thing out of it is okay. Now we know somewhere where Alexandria's gonna get more guns from, because eventually that bitch Tara is gonna rat those bitches out. You know they are. She already wanted to to Rosita at the end of the episode. You could tell it was in her eyes. That bitch wanted to be like, guess what? I'm a lesbian, and I found an all-woman community, and I want to get some rug munching going on because I still don't know my girlfriend is dead yet. No, she knows. When she's talking to Rosita, she knows she's dead. You think so? Yeah, because they they basically... Basically, kind of, sort of. No, no, no. In a roundabout way, yeah. That's what the whole thing with Eugene is, is it pretty much confirms, like... Without showing it, they give you the Didn't idea that... did let the bitch come in and take a shower. <laughs> but without showing it, they the give you the idea that... sit down and get a cup of coffee. That Eugene told her what Eugene's happened. Eugene's like, guess what? You're not even coming in the gates yet. And you know what? Yeah. You're fucked. And that whole episode sucked with you in it. That's why she's sitting there with a little Dr. Bobblehead and on the ground and... It was, it was just... It was, it was slow. It was terrible. We didn't need to focus on her. We could have, we could have done just fine without a terror episode. So, I mean, what was so bad about it? I mean, because this Everything. this got us into a heated debate over chat. It, it really did. We got into a heated debate over this in the it, chat because it's it was ter- the only thing we got out of that episode is eventually Rick and them are gonna go there and and take their guns and or they're gonna come help, and that's all we really got out of it. Is we know that. The, the fucking saviors killed their men. They're hiding. They have a bunch of guns, and eventually they're going to come fight with them. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was it was a pointless Terra episode. It was it was it was a waste of seventy minutes. I <clears throat> I agree and disagree with you. <laughs> and here's my points. I like the episode, and I liked out of this season. I agree with you that it, it's not been the best. Walking Dead, we've got. I think the this entire season, the the problem with this entire season is they're focusing on one person every every uh, episode. They're focusing on one person. But they've been doing that since 
they've been doing that since what season five? Not this since, bad though. Well, no, but because now they're they're like at least before they would single you up, but there was other stuff going on, and most of the cast was always there. Well, it's still. I mean, it's still kind of two people. The last time they truly did this is when everybody was walking to Terminus. Yeah, and that's which was because they were four. split up. That was the last time they really truly did this. Mm-hmm. But it was better. It was exciting. There was stuff going on. It was. This is a very slow, boring season of The Walking Dead, and this should be what we should have seen last week on Sunday with The Walking Dead. We should have seen, and this is where they're going to do the season. This is where they're going to do their mid-season finale is Coral showing up to Negan. That's where they're doing their mid-season finale. I think you're going to see that next week. I don't think you're going to completely see it next week. I think they're going. To, that's how they're going to cliffhanger it is. But that's where that's where they should have picked up. It should have been nothing but Negan and closer to the comic. From here to the mid-season finale. We but should they, have, have got more than that. They've actually, if you think back, they've been doing this, focusing on two people for a lot longer than just from Terminus. They've been doing it since they've been on the road to Terminus. Because last season, you got the, you. They, it was more focused on Eugene and Abraham when they wanted to go do the bullet thing. And they focused on, But know, they were all, no, they, but there was it was all there. Like, most of last season was them moving the walkers we we haven't really seen them and they were kind of split up because remember they get they get but they were bouncing back and forth we were getting yes we were getting single people but we were getting them in chunks like we would have part of the episode would be uh like rick showing them away then the next part would switch over to like abraham and rosita and daryl over here and then another part would be glenn like they were breaking it up now we're getting now we're getting extended episodes that are only on one person. Like because there was no like Rick wasn't even in last week's episode. Most of the cast wasn't even in last week's episode. If you remember though, when episode in season, six, I'm just saying when, that season was slow. That the episode was slow. Yeah, it didn't have a lot going on, and and a 70 minute episode about an insignificant character. Well, it's pretty much just like when Glenn died, when they but faked he's not Glenn's in, death. But he's not an insignificant character. Well, right, but they faked his death, and it was like six episodes before you found out that he wasn't fucking dead. Yeah, but they didn't focus on him. They had all kinds of other stuff going on. The only thing that was going on in this, in this episode was she was trying to get away from these fucking bitches. I think, <clears throat> for me, I've, I've enjoyed... it. I agree, it's been a slower Walking Dead season for mid... Or well, First half of the season. I've enjoyed it, though, because I've enjoyed the character growth. I've enjoyed the depth. I've enjoyed seeing just how far Negan... They're showing how far Negan's influences reach without Negan to be in every episode. But that's what people want to see, is they want to see Negan. And they want to see him more involved. And you're right. He's only been in a couple episodes. He was in the season premiere, the Easy Street episode... And then the one where he comes to to Alexandria. Otherwise, it's he's already been, renewed for season eight. Yeah, he, well, he, of course he is. Well, he's, he announced it on Howard Stern today. Yeah, but uh, you know, but it's it's official. Is it surprising? No, because we know where the comic goes. Yeah, but you don't know what's going to happen together half of the season. Yeah, he's we not could, gonna. If he's alive in the book still, he's probably not gonna 
die, especially. I don't know. I I mean, God, at the, at this rate, he's going to be fucking alive till they're not even going to go to war until season fucking eleven. No, I mean they've got man, they've got there's a lot of saviors, man, that they got to do one shots with. There's a lot of saviors. <laughs> I don't think they're going to go that far, dude. There's like three hundred of them, man. We are good to like season fifteen of shitty Walking Dead episodes. But I think <clears throat> they needed this episode with Tara to establish. No, they didn't to establish what's going to come. Because I think you're right. They, are, I think that Seaside is going to be... Oceanside? Or Oceanside is going to be a big player. And if you remember correctly, when they do the one-year time jump, Oceanside is technically in the comic because Michonne is with a bunch of them out at sea. And she comes back after... Um, spoiler alert. After fucking Gabriel gets beheaded. Yeah. Or no, Ezekiel. Sorry, Ezekiel. After Ezekiel gets beheaded. But... And I do, like I said, I think it's going to come into play. I think they're going to come to, Negan's going to find them, and they're going to come to Tara because they they know where Tara's at. They're going to come to Tara and be like, listen, we need your help or, or something along those lines. I just don't think they needed to dedicate 70 minutes to yeah. that. Dude, they, they could have done that in 20 minutes and then had a whole no, other awesome storyline going on. I agree 100% with you that they don't need, they didn't need an entire 90 or well, 70 minute episode dedicated to her and what's going on. And like, if they would have, if that would have been like half of it, even half of it, I could have, I, if they would have done half of it and then we would have been back at Alexandria or back at Hilltop or anything else with the, maybe even like we haven't even seen the kingdom again. Yeah. One episode. Like we So instead of focusing on stuff that's it's it's good that that they they went to the ocean side. They we we got to see fucking Big Boobs McGee run around. I was okay with that. And I just I I honestly for seventy minutes for as many people as watched The Walking Dead, for ex- ex- exciting as that show can be, that's what they gave us. This could have, they could have made this the number one season of The Walking Dead. If they would have kept with the comics from 100 all the way up until All Out War starts would have been this entire season. This would have been the best season of The Walking Dead. It would have been exciting. It would, there wouldn't have been nonstop killing. There wouldn't have been, you know, and that, you know, that was, that was the point you thought I was trying to make in our chat was that I have to see people die. And that's not true. And it's, I, I think it's asinine, but, but there's so much material in there between 100 and when all out war starts, we don't need terror running around for 70 minutes. There's so much more that can happen, and there's so much good more material that they could have went to the well for, and this is what they chose <clears throat> to do with their with with an extended episode. Well, and I think what people need to remember, and I'm not necessarily saying you, because uh, this is more directed towards the article that was on Blue, on Comic Book Resources about people not being happy with the way the seasons of The Walking Dead is going. What people need to remember is this is a fucking TV show, okay? And it's a TV show that is centered most supposed to be centered around the people and the relationships and what's going on with the people and not necessarily the zombies. It's not a, it, it's more about their relationships and how the people interact in, 
and things like that. It's a TV show. So you, you got to remember those characters were out there. So they had to bring them back at some point. Do they, do they need a 70 minute episode? No. Do I feel like he's got short change in that? Yes. But you know, it's, do I think he's dead? No. I guarantee you he's not dead. No, he fucking drove away. <laughs> yeah, he fucking... He made it crystal clear that he, he fucking, fucking... That he totally fucking, drove away. He said, fuck that, bitch. I'm out of here. Tara sucks. We all know Tara sucks. I got. I finally got to shake this bitch, and now I'm out. <laughs> Tara sucks. I'm fucking Dr. Dre, and I'm fucking out. Tara sucks. <laughs> Tara's... I mean, she's just fine for what she had been from, from when we met her, when she was with the governor, all the way up until now. Somebody that was... She, she was... Hero support, if that. She was, she was, if this was a basketball team, she was number nine. Mm-hmm. She was, she was on the, she was on the long end of the second string of, of the bench players. That's what she is. There's so many other characters that they could have done to, to anybody else. <laughs> like, uh, they, you know what? It, it would have been a better story if Rosita got pissed and said, I'm fucking out. I need to go take a drive. I need to figure something out because we need to do something. And she fucking found that bridge, got herself into a clusterfuck, and met them. That would have been a better episode because she would have been um, out. You know what I mean? And she she's a stronger character. She is more relevant. I mean, they could have just... Anything could have made that episode better. The only good thing about it is, yes, you know that they're going. Eventually, they're going to have to go somewhere and where there's a stockpile of guns. Tara knows, but I think I think a Rosita episode would have been better. Rosita got pissed, go out, and she, you know, and she found them, and she worked her way back. Just to just, and that was my entire gripe with the episode was it was slow. It was a very slow episode. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was. It was Tara running around and fucking a woman colony clacking dog clickers. That's what they use to communicate, yeah. which is kind of cool. But just when she woke up on that beach, I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. I knew it was going to fucking suck. The second I seen her wake up on the beach, um. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's all in what your perspective of it is. Like, you, you know, I, you didn't like it, then that's fine. I, I enjoyed it just because I'm enjoying seeing how they do it differently in the comics and how their her outreach, because she's not a character that's in the comic. Yeah, but, I mean, that's so... I think you're grasping at straws to like the episode. If no, you no. like it, it's just to like it. I liked it because I liked seeing Negan... That Negan's outreach goes a lot further but than... But you know that. They've, they do they establish that pretty good. They don't, but they don't need him to be in every episode to establish that. Like it's, it's nice seeing these other groups out there, knowing that he's been. It, it shows you just how much time they just dragged. Like if if that would have been twenty minutes of the episode or half of it, I, I would have a hundred percent agreed with you. Well, it shows you just how much time like they've they've really had before is, Negan showed up. Which is the other thing. It's how the fuck did Rick and them go on this rampage like they have and never find them? Like they're showing this reach of how far it goes out and you would if you looked at a map and there's a big circle of red called Negan and and if uh fucking 
if our fucking glory team of Rick and them were blue, you would see this fucking pentagram inside that fucking red, uh, that red circle. How did they n- not? They ha- I mean, yes, they've, they've gotten their guns before and blah, 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 because they only got them just because they fucking kill people. But they, how do they not bump into each other? Well, I think it's because Alexandria is a, is like a pretty secluded area. It's the furthest away and it's not, they probably stuck yeah, but, to a general. I mean, you gotta say, I mean, where where's Oceanside then? I mean, that's that's the other. They had to have. They've had to have walked past it once. They've had to have driven on the road once. I don't know. I the, couldn't think. They found them prior to that. That's the whole last season was that. Well, you gotta to, think. <clears throat> but that's all I'm saying is that that the, the reason I thought it was a pointless episode is I thought they they picked the wrong person to show us. Yeah. I, I, I honestly You can't say you truly enjoyed watching Tara run around for an hour. I did. I did. For <laughs> personal reasons. Well, I mean she's big boobs McGee, but I'm saying like like for real though. Like that, that, that chick is thick, bro. She but is really, thick as but fuck. you really That's all I'm saying. She's thick. But really though, that if it would have been somebody else or it would have been an like an addendum to that episode, I would hundred percent agree with you. That's that's crazy how far Negan's reach has gone. If she was, if that was a, if that was a small part of that episode, I would have, I would, I would a hundred percent agree with you, because, because it was just a tidbit inside of the episode. We should have had more Negan going around, and then the, it should have flashed over to where Tara is. I think that would have made the episode a lot better. I think I think they're reintroducing her to set her up to take. She's gonna end up taking someone else in the in the, the comic storyline. Like I've been trying to. I hope they kill Figure her. out whose storyline that they're dies. trying to take, but because of that episode, I hope she dies next episode. I don't think she's going to. I think she's uh, gonna be around for a while. I hope she fucking dies, and then I hope they bring her back and she dies again. They put so much emphasis on her. I don't. I think. I think that's why so much emphasis was put on her is because they have plans to I hope they her. put her in a car and they drive her off that bridge that she fell off of once and she sinks to the bottom <laughs> of that river. That's kind of cold. I don't but, think Tara's that bad of a character. She's she's less than hero support. Yeah. She's she's not a strong character. And I, but what I think is funny is like you're you're making this case about why you don't like Tara. But yet you've got a fucking character like Father Gabriel, whose whose sole purpose is to do nothing but sit at Alexandria and be a fucking babysitter. But he comes around and decides, like in the comic, creepily. Yeah, but no, even before that, he decides. Even in the comic, he decides. You know what? I need to be fucking in this, and then he gets in it, and then he's shooting <clears throat> and killing motherfuckers, and he ends yeah, up being but- a badass shot. And but he ends up coming around. Back to be, but Tara doesn't get the I same credit because she's not in the comic. If if there was a straight one hundred percent seventy minute Father Gabriel episode of him walk around babysitting, you could bet your ass I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd be so pissed off if we sat in a room and he held Judith. It's just gonna be him creepily walking I'd be up behind. Fucking people. pissed. If I, you know what, if they do a one hour episode of him, I will stop watching The Walking Dead. You and a lot of other people, their ratings are down. It's because it's 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 slow. They're gonna have to do a lot to get. They're gonna. You know what's happening is people are, are. The biggest problem with The Walking Dead is it's it's they're concentrating on one character at a time. They're it just seems like they're being frugal. 
like at least with everybody and you still concentrate on one person, but everybody's still there. There's other stuff going on that's keeping you interested. These ones, these straight one person storylines that concentrate on one single person is boring. Well, I'm going to say, like I said earlier, like I said before, if you're going to bail on The Walking Dead right now, good fucking riddance because it's going to get better. I know it's going to happen. As soon to as it. Rick. I'm 100% aware no, of what No, I know. I'm not saying you dead. in general. I'm saying the listeners that. They're the, not going to bail. Nobody's bailing. I'm not going to bail. If Nobody's they bail, you're missing out because once shit gets into motion, once it fucking R- gets into motion. Once Rick gets back to fucking in charge, Rick, and he decides he wants to be back in charge, that's when the shit's going to be. I think, just like in the comic, Coral's going to kind of kick this into gear. Yeah. And the, and Coral being on that truck, and that's why I was like, and that was part of my thing from last week, was, okay, good, Coral's on the truck, Jesus is on the truck, great, we know what happens now, fuck yeah, next week's episode is going to fucking rock. What, well, did you watch the and preview for, for this week's and episode? They, no, I got tired of watching it. Um, I didn't even, nope, I didn't even watch the fucking, nope. So that's how I that's know, how pissed I got. that's how I know we're going to see Carl and Negan interaction because Sunday's episode is all in Negan's compound and it's involves Carl. It should be, it should be, it should be the conversation about his eye. It should be fucking everything. It should be Rick coming to try to get him back and it should be fucking, uh, Negan almost killing Rick. I mean, that's, that's what it should be. That's what this episode should have been. It, it that's what it should have been. And then, it, and then this is when it kicks off. Is when Rick finally goes, "Okay, we need to fucking do something. What are we gonna do?" And then the plan gets put into motion. Well, I mean, I can I can see your I see your point of view, but then I can also see it from the side of storytelling. Is that all out war is a big event, but it's a big event that goes quick because they did it. They did it quick. So it was two issues. It was biweekly for the entire run of it, which was like what one thirteen. It was like it was four months. I, I honestly think the last eight episodes. It was like a ten issues. I I may be wrong, but I I personally think the last eight episodes of this season is going to be all out war. Then there's no point in. I, I think that's what next season is going to be. Is you, all out you think war. They're going to use an entire season for all out war. I think so, yeah. Because to have to have to do all out war in a few episodes, I there's too much that happens for them to do that. Well, I mean, if people are getting pissed now with how slow Walking Dead is, just wait because after all out war, it gets slow again until Alpha and the uh, the Whisperers show up. I think they're going to go in a different direction for a while. Asa? After that, yeah, I think they're, they're going to make someone up. I think they're going to do something different. I just, I, I understood the episode. I understood that it's going to, yes, I get it. It's going to play a future role in The Walking Dead. I got that. I got it. I just, they didn't need to do it for seventy minutes. Well, I think they. Well, I think they're setting her up, and I've I've been reading back. I hope they set her up to die. Oh, I know, but I've been reading back trying to figure out who they're setting her, whose storyline they're setting her up to take. Because they're setting her up to take somebody's storyline. I think they're just they're gonna create her own storyline. Maybe I think they're just getting. Because I think I honestly think the Walking Dead is gonna take a left turn for a little bit. Once, once this all out war happens, I think it's gonna. 
Because it gets really fucking slow for a long time. Yes, it does. And, you know, like they're already talking about introducing the Whispers, and I don't think they're going to do that quite yet. They might They might do the, like, you remember how they did the super subtle hints to Negan was coming? Like, you know, you saw the gun with the bat on it a long yeah. time ago. They might, had. they might do something like that, like super, super, super subtle. But I don't think. Well, what makes me say that to go right from Negan to the Whispers? That's that's a lot. Well, what makes me say that is because there's that time jump from the end of All Out War to where we are currently. So they're gonna you would that would only make sense to to have that start at the beginning of a season with the time jump. It wouldn't make sense to end it with a time jump or do it in the middle of a season with that time jump. That's that's if they even do the time jump. At the rate they're going now, I I don't see them going to war this season because it's two episodes away from the season finale, the mid season break. Yeah, until February, and then it only comes back for a couple months. Yeah. Eight, another eight episodes. I, I, I just don't think they're going to... I mean, they might do... I didn't even think it would be eight episodes. But think back to All Out War, though. What? It was an epic event, but what really took place in during it? He switches sides. You, Dwight switches sides. Keith, yeah, Dwight switches sides. What else happens in it? They, fuck, they fucking battle. Yeah, and I mean you. Everybody's battling everywhere. You don't they think they together. can do that in eight episodes? I'm sure they can. Because, like, I have to go back and reread it, and I've been doing that. But to me, from my memory of it, All Out War was Rick. You know, Rick gets all these groups together. They define Negan. They tell him we're not giving you any of our more of our shit. Negan comes to attack. He tries to launch an offensive on on Alexandria. They they block it. Him and Rick go head to head. He shoots Rick with the zombie infected arrow. Well, yeah. the well Dwight switches it out, mm-hmm. but he tries to shoot him with the zombie infected arrow, and then Dwight, you know, flips on him and joins Rick's side. And Nick and Rick, Rick and Negan go back and forth. Rick and Nick. Yep, Rick and Nick. <laughs> the adventures of Rick and Nick. Do, 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 do. Rick and Negan go back and forth, and then it ends up with Negan deciding not to kill, or Rick deciding not to kill Negan, and instead making an example of him of how we're going to do things in the real world and locking him in a jail cell. That's that's what I honestly like. Crash course reminds me of. I'm going to reread it. War. Let's let's fucking. I'm got a Wikipedia right here. Let's fucking pull up Wikipedia. That was so many. That was so many issues ago. It was. It was so long ago. That's what Kyle and I, Kyle and I were talking. I was like, man, I forgot all this shit happens, and it's, it's that it happened so fucking long ago. We well, got to think that was like what 2013. Um, I'll tell you in a minute. I'm almost positive, because it was ten years of The Walking Dead. Was the beginning of All Out War. And The Walking Dead was 2003. So the Walking Dead, really? Really what? It was. Two, it started in two thousand three. Yeah. Which year did you think it started? Two thousand ten. That's a hundred issues in three years. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because <laughs> it was like I think one thirteen is when All Out War starts, and that's a hundred thirty. Yeah, it'd be a hundred. 
113 issues. Let's see. But yeah, I think all war started in like it was colder out, if I remember right. I, I remember I went to San Diego the day I went to the midnight release of it and I got the like the midnight release poster and I bought all the books at once. All the because remember they had a like 15 covers for the one issue, uh-huh. all the connecting covers that reflected every major event that had happened in The Walking Dead mm-hmm. all the way up until then. And then it was, uh, and I went to San Diego the next day. Because uh, you, can, you can't find it? No, I found it. I'm just kind of reading through it here. But that's, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think they found the wrong person. That's all. They they focus on the wrong person. So it says, Rick leads his newly formed army with the Hilltop and Kingdom into an attack against the Sanctuary, a.k.a. the survivors in the show. Uh, things go smoothly at first as Rick's forces manage to trap Negan inside the Sanctuary, but as they attack Negan's outpost, many of Rick's closest friends begin dying, and they wonder if their uh, initial victory was just luck. Eventually, Negan mounts a counterattack on Alexandria, and things go from bad to worse. So, yeah, it went from like it was March, a, it was a rough battle. <clears throat> it started in March two thousand and fourteen. It was fourteen. Yep, published March fifth, two thousand fourteen. It went from issue one fifteen to one twenty. It was five issues. No, it was bi-weekly. Yeah, that's what it says. That might be. Let's see. I think that's, that might be part one. I think it went longer than that because it was two. It was because it says there's a part two. So hold on a second. That might be wrong. So part two. This will fucking load up. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So it went from yeah. Part two started in July twenty third two thousand fourteen, and went from issue one twenty one to one twenty six. So the whole thing was. Almost. It was 10 issues. 10 issues, yeah. It was 115 to 126. Mm-hmm. 11 issues. So, yeah. And they did it, and they did it bi-weekly. The one, so they did 115 to 120, for, so they did two months of it bi-weekly. Yeah. With the war at its peak, Negan's attack, uh, Negan attacks Alexandria, destroying its defenses. On the brink of defeat, Rick offers Negan a truce. Uh... Tricking Negan, Rick slashes Negan's throat and calls for the war between Alexandria, Hilltop, the Kingdom, and the Saviors to stop. Negan survives the attack and is sentenced to life in prison by Rick. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. See, I forgot. I forgot completely that Negan gets his throat slashed. Like, I I completely forgot about Rick that. Rick did it. Yeah. I know, but I completely forgot that that happened. Because that was after... I thought that was right around, like, he broke his leg, and then that was, like, the last thing that he does. Mm-hmm. He, he comes up, and he... Slashes his throat. And he, like, it, like, nicks him, though. It doesn't, like, gash it open. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, to finish this topic, to move on to other things, I know what you're talking about. I, under- I, I agree with you at some points. My biggest thing about the episode was that I liked it just because it showed his outreach, how far spread it is. It introduced you to a new group of people, and I like that. 
it, it delves more into the character building of the show than just the main set uh, of group. It shows that these characters are more important and it, it goes a long way to develop and dive into character development than just glossing out, over these people. It, it, 115 came out October 9th, 1913. Or 2013. 1913, huh? 2013. The Walking Dead wiki here that I'm looking at. That's, I mean, that's what I'm going off of. Not, it was a, Unless they're talking about the, the trades. The actual, because I remember it was cold outside. It was colder outside. Unless they were just talking, unless this is talking about the trades, but I'm just going off the Walking Dead wiki of what it right says. Here. Release date, October 9th, 2013. 300, there was 310,584 issues. But there was, there was, <coughs> like fifteen covers. Cause see, this is what I'm looking at. You see, published March March fifth, two thousand fourteen. So I don't know. This might be ta- like I said. This might be talking about the actual like trade though. Cause I think this is the actual the actual comic was released in two thousand thirteen. Cause I have the poster. You have a poster. I think if you went to the midnight release of it, you got all the books and you got a. Yeah, I a never Walking got Dead that. poster. Did did you go to the midnight release? Yeah, I went to the midnight release, but I didn't get all that. No. Nope. Where'd you go to get the midnight Samurai. release? Samurai. Oh. Yeah, I didn't go to Ken's or the other store. <laughs> so I mean, that's just I don't know. Whatever. All right. <laughs> so that's fucking rant one out of the way. <laughs> that only took thirty-seven minutes. Says the, this issue was a best-selling comic book of two thousand and thirteen. Nice. There's rant one out of the way. That only, like I said, took 37 minutes. <laughs> I give the Sunday's episode of The Walking Dead a 1.7. <laughs> I I give it at least a 6. <laughs> That's how much I did not like that episode. I, I gotta go at least a 6. <laughs> I'm not gonna... I, I didn't I like I said I enjoyed it for what it was. It wasn't the greatest episode of Walking Dead by any means, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Alright. <coughs> so here comes the fun one. Are you ready for the fun one? This is where this is where things are gonna get good. Yeah, I'm on another site too. I'm on Image Comics and it released August 9th, 2013. Okay, well we'll go with that then. I'm like I said. I was just going off of what the, that was the getting. the combined books mm-hmm. came out later. Okay. The uh, uh where's that? The, the the when they put it all together. So okay, let's go. Let's do it. All right. So. Yikes! I'm scared. Why are you scared? This is gonna be a rough one. Don't be scared, motherfucker. This is gonna be a rough one. No, I don't think so. Nah, it'll be all right. All right. So we got the news yesterday. <laughs> That Amazing Arizona Comic Con, or Amazing Comic Con Arizona, has decided, well, first of all, we we knew, at least we were speculating the convention was going to come back by some artists already leaking their schedules and saying, you know, these are the final shows I'm going to do in these areas because Trump was elected president. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think George George Perez is the first one that had leaked yeah. it out. That's, he was going to finish his... His 2017 obligations, and that was it. And... Uh, Amazing Arizona was one of those. 
So last night, the guy who puts together Amazing Comic Con put out a big old long fucking message. Yes. About because it's it's on the Amazing Comic Con website as well. Yeah, about him not doing and and here's what it says. In 2017, we have taken both Arizona and Houston conventions off our show schedule. Changes in guest policies, the comic market, and social climate were the cause to reevaluate moving forward in these cities. Phoenix and Houston are both strong fan communities with multiple genre celebrations throughout the calendar year. While we feel the uh, perspective of Amazing Comic Con uh, remains unique, there are... um, Aspects of pop culture uh, on the marquee featuring primarily comic creators. We believe a greater addition can be built by focusing on each of two uh, calendar dates. Building these to be the best events possible. Okay. So, here's where we're going to get into this, okay? So, last night on Facebook, one of our local comic shop owners went through the process of, of thanking the the organizers of Amazing Arizona Comic Con for their time the time they spent in Arizona <clears throat> and the years of, of doing the convention here. Okay. Here's where <laughs> shit gets south, okay? So um So I initiated it and I wrote bummer. <laughs> well someone before you initiated it. Yeah. Well, for us, for what in yeah. our context of what we are talking about. So someone said, are you kidding me? And the organizers, I'm not going to say his name, the organizers of the Amazing Arizona Comic Con responded to this young man saying, um, thanks for the kind words. We accomplished much in six years in Arizona. The landscape there has changed, but the community is in great shape, led by a strong store such as JJ's Comics, Samurai's Comics, and many others. Hope to see you at other events in Las Vegas and Hawaii. Okay. He responded to that to the words that this comic shop owner, JJ's Comics, left for him. All right. And I'm, I'm reading this in context because it's important to go through the entire thing. Um, someone asked him, may I ask? And he says, may I ask? What is the landscape that you speak of? This is what set me off because I kind of felt like this was a, kind of a dickhead response. Like, this was an asshole-ish response. I thought I just posted something similar to this, but here it goes. Landscape is a broad term used here. The marketplace is much different than when we started organizing the convention six-plus years ago with number of fan events in Phoenix and in Arizona have sprung up, not to mention a strong store retail presence during signings, sales, and promotions. Okay, <laughs> I... I felt like that was a dickhead comment for starting it off. I, I thought I just posted something similar to this. Like, to me, that comes off as kind of an asshole. You know? It, it comes off as kind of being a jerk about it. And I'm going to go into something that I've been thinking about all day in regards to what the organizer wrote <clears throat> and also Robbie L's response to it. So I'll let you get to it, and then I actually have... Okay. Like, I, I, thinking about it, reading it, I kind of see, I, I, I'm, I'm on both sides of this fence right now, which is kind of weird because I, 
I'll get to it later, though. So the kid clearly... Well, I shouldn't call him a kid because he's not a kid, but the guy clearly taken back by the way he was responded to says, okay, I clearly missed your previous comment. Thank you so much for clarification. Last year was so much fun. Your event will slowly be missed. And someone asked him if he was permanent. And that's when you wrote bummer. (laughs) And so it goes on to this whole thing. Norm Ratman posts. That's fine. And then we get to to good old Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld, the creator of Deadpool. The creator of Deadpool and Cable. He says, The amazing Arizona Comic-Con shows were always a tremendous success for me for the five years I attended. I personally believe they were... Five out of six years. So there you go. Five out of six years. I believe they were taken for granted. They will be missed. And so I responded to him. So my response to all this is, uh, you booked the same exact talent two years in a row. Because they did. And we bitched about this on an earlier podcast. Mm -hmm. You you booked the same exact talents two years in a row. You want to say the landscape has changed. Has the landscape changed? Or is it that people aren't mindless drones that you're willing to throw, that are just willing to throw money at you? Because I think that's what it is. I would, what, okay, I'll stop there. What I think he means by the landscape has changed is, and I think, I think Comic Con, um, not Amazing Comic Con, but the Comic Con, Phoenix, Phoenix Comic Con. Okay, we just had our fan fest. Right. Okay, granted, granted, he, they did not have the best lineup of comic artists. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they had some pretty good. They had some. They had some pretty all right. I mean, they had fucking. They had some all right. Uh, they didn't put a lot into it. Right. And what I think he means, and what I am taking by, oh, what Rob with what what Rob Liefeld said, and what Jimmy said about the landscape changing, is people aren't. And I and I've said this a bunch of times, and I this was my biggest gripe about FanFest mm-hmm. is they're not. This is a comic book convention that are that you can't call it a comic con and focus on wrestlers being there. Then they, it needs to be a pop culture con convention. And that's what they don't call FanFest a comic con. They call it, a but fan it's Phoenix Comic Con's <laughs> Fan Fest. Yeah, but that's what it's called. It's it's that Phoenix Comic Con is the brand because it's just like us. But it's still Phoenix Comic Con's Fan Fest. But it's it's just like us, Absolute Geek Podcast. What the fuck Friday? But they're not, and and I think when the, what they're talking about the landscape is changing is <clears> people, and and San Diego Comic Con is a very good representation of what I'm talking about. People are not going to comic book conventions to meet comic book artists. San Diego, okay, FanFest was a, an excellent an excellent example of this. People were not there for comic books. <clears throat> they were not there I, to buy comic books. They were not there to get comic book autographs. I agree with you there. Anybody who's been to San Diego Comic-Con, that's the reason people there are a week in advance. It's not to meet artists and writers. It's not what they're there for. <clears throat> well, I think... 70% of San Diego Comic-Con is to... to Hall H, yeah. That's what it's there for. And I think with the landscape changing, I think this is what Jimmy... I'm saying, Jimmy J, he's a comic book... And that's who organizes Amazing Comic-Con. I've already said his name. You can edit it. Yeah, no, we're want. good. We're going. He's a good Fuck guy. Editing. I'm not doing that he's, shit. He's a good guy. 
Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna boast him. What what Jimmy J did was for for anybody who's been to an amazing Comic Con, they have given you what he has done is he's given you a comic book convention. That's what he's given you back. There, it is solely focused on writers, and it's solely focused on artists, and it's solely focused on comic books. There's very few actors there. There is very few. There's no. There's very next to no panels. There is. It's focusing on writers, and it's it's focusing on comic books, like a comic convention should be. And this is where I always praise Amazing Comic Con. Absolutely, I can agree. You with have you the. I think. And I think the other reason why he had the same set of lineup two years in a row is because this is where Rob Liefeld's comic comes into play. We haven't the, gotten to that far yet. We haven't though. gotten to it, but we will get back to it and talk again. Is there is so many conventions now, it is hard to find talent to come in. So from a business standpoint, I think Jimmy J was a genius. He locked them all down again. So he had, and, and don't get me wrong, it is the same talent two years in a row, but it was fucking awesome talent two years in a row. There was awesome people there. Perez was there. The only problem is we had Perez like five times in a row. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get everything. You After a couple times, and like, you know, like Jay Lee was there, but Jay Lee has been to... It's like it's three years in a row. We've seen him six times. Well, between between two cons, two. Well, no. Well, yeah. Well, three because he was at Fan Fest and he was at I Comic Con. The Comic Con brand and the two conventions they do. I I combined them together. We we see okay. so for a total of six times. Mm-hmm. That's six times in three years. Yes, yeah, six times in three years we have seen him. He. It's actually more if you think about it, because he's at he was at Fan Fest, he was at Phoenix Comic Con, and he was at a May. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was actually in three years. I think he was actually there like eight times. We had Perez there. We had him three conventions in a row. Right. Back to back to back. Um, I think the <clears throat> what the the problem that is running into, and I think where the landscape is changing in is, and I think this is what Phoenix is subtly doing. They are they are realizing that this landscape has changed. Where a an actual comic convention cannot, it can't make it. It has to. Uh, they have to have this. What's driving people there is these movie stars, is these wrestlers, and it's and it's the the awesome thing about Amazing Con was it was intimate. It was fucking packed. Don't get me wrong. It was fucking nuts to butts, but it was still intimate. Like. You could walk up and you could sit there, and you could talk to George Perez. You, you, you he signed twenty books. You talked to him for fucking fifteen minutes, and he didn't bat an eye at talking to you. We walked up to fucking uh, Kyle Higgins. We just sat and talked to him. I sat down with fucking the creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for an hour. These are things that a small, intimate comic convention offers to you and i think what like our bigger phoenix comic-con has done is they've realized this landscape change people want to see movie stars people want to see actors people want to see wrestlers people want to there's it's kind of like apple to mac to me okay you can 
you can get movie stars and wrestlers and everybody and consume 80% or you can have a nice intimate comic book convention and you can take 20%. And that's what kind of what happens. You mean Apple and Windows? Apple and Microsoft. Yeah. Because he said Apple and Mac. Oh, yeah. I mean Apple and Windows. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> is that's that's what's going on here is 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 there's not as many comic book fans as there are fans of actors. Right, and that was one of my biggest gripes. And then, and I want to start off by saying I'm not bitching at Jimmy J to bitch at Jimmy J for pulling this convention. It's because I'm passionate about this community. I'm a passionate comic book fan. And from the outside looking in, or the inside looking out as a convention goer who attends every convention in the Phoenix area, uh, is this it, is the only comic book convention. This is the only comic book yes. convention that is aimed towards us, the, comic, the avid comic fan, because... After last year, even in FanFest, it's clear that Phoenix is switching gears. They don't care about us. Mm. You know, Tucson, Tucson, I don't know what they're doing with that. I'm not going to drive to Tucson to go to that convention. You know, not saying that it's a bad convention, but the one year I went, it's in a too small of a venue. They need to expand. And if they're not going to expand, I don't <clears throat> intend on going to that show because it's too overcrowded. My My point to Jimmy J was... Exactly that. It's, I continue on to say that, you know, it's, uh, I love the amazing Arizona show because it was the only convention of the year that focuses on comics and fans of comics and not just movies, TV shows, um, and things of that nature. This just kind of feels like a big middle finger to local comic book fans. And in my opinion, that's what it feels like because he's saying that I understand the, the landscape has changed. It's harder to get talent. It's harder to do this. But it, it's not it, – how hard – I guess I don't know because I'm not a convention organizer. And that's what I would love to have a convention organizer. I would like to talk to somebody that does that because I would like to hear what it's like to try to get this talent in. Because you know it's a battle. It, it, and you've seen it over probably the last, I would say, four years. You've, you've really seen it. Like you could tell that it's really hard to get people. You could, and you could just tell, and it's understandable. There's, and and Rob Liefeld put it great. He said, but on the same note, well, I'll wait to read what Rob Liefeld wrote before I actually comment on what he said. Okay, so Rob responds to that comment of mine, as in, don't take the bait, <laughs> Jimmy. And it wasn't meant to be bait. No, it wasn't because I explain it, and I I say to. I say, continuing, I say, with all due respect, I'm not throwing any bait out there for him to take. You said yourself, and I quote, the amazing Arizona show were always a tremendous success for me the five years I attended. I personally believe they were taken for granted. Well, I feel the guest lineup, uh, with the guest lineup that was presented to us the last two years, it was the other way around. With the exception of a few guests, the lineup for the 2015 convention and 2016 convention are virtually identical. In my opinion, as a convention attendee, it is us, the attendees, that were taken for granted, not the convention. Now, I agree with you, Rob, that this year, that in years past, this convention had its finger firmly on the pulse of the comic book fan, what the comic book fan wanted to see at conventions, and put on a show that reflect that, which I do. And I, every review I've written about this convention, I say that exact same thing. I say that they can compete. I mean, with, he he has brought he has brought Capullo, he has brought Rob Robert Kirkman, he's yep. brought. I mean, he brought Michonne, he's brought Kyle Higgins, he's brought 
Gary Dugan. He's brought, I mean, he's, the list goes on and on to the awesome <laughs> talent that that amazing con has brought us to Phoenix. But here's where I get upset is that, but that all changed within the last two years. I felt like stacking the Hawaii convention, which was a new convention for him last year, with the top talent was the priority and Phoenix was put on the back burner. So I feel to say that the marketplace has changed so we aren't going to put on a show in Phoenix anymore is a little misleading because I don't think the Phoenix area is oversaturated. That's one thing he says that I don't agree with. That's what Rob Liefeld said. Yeah. And that's why I was waiting to get to Rob Liefeld. Well, uh, well, I was just reading what I said to Rob. So his response to me. Whose? So, well, I'm going to, okay. So Jesse James, the comic shop owner responded to me, Matt, this is a great discussion for you on their page. This is more of an honor of my friend for his service for the last five years to our community. It's all good. They're just, uh, just their page is more suited for this. And Rob decides to continue on with that and say, uh, I did 26 conventions through 2015 and 2016, coast to coast. Okay, wait, stop right there. 26 conventions. That's a lot of competing to get talent, to get a nice talent that will suit all comic book because not everybody likes new artists and writers and not everybody likes old artists and writers. So even with Rob Liefeld's comment of he went, he personally went to 26 conventions. That's like 2.2 a month that he went to. Like, so every two weeks he was going to a convention. Mm-hmm. So to be, I could only assume to be a, somebody like Jimmy J who tries to find this talent, which I think is why we've, we got the kind of the same cast two years in a row because he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to lock it down. Let's do this two years. And I think that's a lot of the reason for it. is that reason. How hard would it have been to find all new competing like it is? But my problem with that is that he's continuing the Vegas convention and the Hawaii convention. It's still the same competing. You're not having a hard time locking anybody down. You're and I agree where I, what he's doing and it's smart is he's using the location to its advantage. Hawaii, yes, it's a tropical location, and a lot of this talent looks at this as like a mini vacation. Who wouldn't want to go to a convention in Las Vegas, fucking America's playground? You know, I'm go- I'm gonna go to Amazing Con in Vegas in June. Well, more power to you, buddy. I'm I'm already going. <laughs> I, I I even you'll read that. I even wrote that on there. No, I know you did. That's... You're gonna go if it's Charlie Soul and and um, McNiven and Rob Liefeld and all that same lineup again. Yes. Really? Yes. Why? Just because it's Vegas? It's Vegas, and I have new stuff for Perez to sign, and I have new stuff for Charlie Soul to sign, and I have, and it's it, it's same re and it's it's it, and it's something I can plan. I enjoy going to Vegas. Now that is my reason for planning a trip, to go to Vegas. Now I get to go, to a convention. I go to, and then in fucking three weeks I have my next vacation to fucking. Uh, San Diego. See, I don't. I will. It's it's my that I'm. I usually go to Vegas at a different time, and now I'm going to move my Vegas trip to accommodate. So, so now instead of just drinking and gambling, I get to drink, gamble, and fucking nerd out as well. I. Why not? If I if that's something I do 
regular anyway. Why wouldn't I just plan but my... But to me, that doesn't make any sense because... It didn't you're... make sense to me when I would go in February because I already did it. But now that I'm not doing it in February, that's but, my reason to do it in... But the only allure to it is Vegas because... But you don't even... We don't even know everybody that he has yet. It's the same fucking temperature. We don't know that. Right. We don't know their lineup yet. But it, uh, my, my gripe isn't for Vegas. It's not that... It's why they're leaving Arizona. Because it's Arizona. It's in... I, I, I think his big problem is people don't want to come here. Well, that... But like I said in our chat before is, is you know what? You know what talks? Money. Money talks. Yeah. And I know the lure... Yes, people like to go to Vegas. People like to go to Hawaii. Those are those are the same reason why I'm going to Amazing Las Vegas is because it I can plan a four-day getaway out of it. I can... I can go and it, and, it, and like I can take my wife. We can hit the comic book convention, and then we could still do our Vegas thing that we enjoy to do. And it, it it's a win win for me. Because I mean, I've never gone to Amazing Vegas. I, I because I never needed to because I already went in February. Well, it's usually the same exact lineup that's here. Like I last mean, year, one was or it last people. year? Was it the year before? Like they had uh, they had a. They vary it a little bit. Like they had J.R. J.R. there. That was the year before, yeah. So, I mean, because I got, I got my kick-ass signed and I got uh, the the first time he ever did Spider-Man. But, but I I don't know. But keep going. He says, the landscape has indeed changed. Wizard, were, uh, Wizard is going tits up as we speak. Their cons are, um, are uh, catering. They're, have, you, have, you, do you, have you seen the Wizard's... Lineups, yeah, they're amazing. It's actors, though. It's like eighty percent actors. Yeah, but they don't. Wizard World doesn't call themselves a a Comic Con, though. It's the Wizard Comic Convention. I thought it was just the Wizard World Convention. But they, but it's actors, though. That's and yeah. that, I think that's what Rob Liefeld means by it's going tits up. Is it's it's and that's what a lot of people are bitching about Wizard because it's catering. To movie stars, mm-hmm. it's catering to actors. If like when you went on, like when they went, when Wizard went to Tennessee, the only real person that was comic related that that I needed and I wanted, I almost sent my book to a friend, was Gloppian, so that I could get my Batman signed mm-hmm. because I fucking shit the bed and forgot he was here when he was here. <sighs> but you know when I was looking through the con and it's it's not worth it to me. There's nobody there. You know, I mean, out of that whole lineup, like, see, I don't give a shit about movie stars. I don't give a shit about, I don't even. Right. I don't really either. Like, I want to go to a comic book convention. I want to walk around with a backpack full of comic books. Like, and I enjoy getting my comic book signed. And I see fucking gripe after gripe after gripe on Facebook forums, how people don't like to get comic books signed. First off, fuckers on Facebook. Let everybody collect the way they fucking want to. It's not right or wrong. It's whatever makes you happy, do it. Like I enjoy getting my comic book signed. Oh yeah, I have boxes of signed comic books. Same. I, I I enjoy it, and I've just now recently, as everybody knows, I've I like to get them slabbed after I get them signed. Now, mm-hmm. but I mean, I have Jesus Christ, I have so many. You know what I mean? But continue. I'm, I'm done with that part of my rant. <laughs> um. Many small shows have attempted to rise, clogging up the fan, uh, clogging up the landscape. Okay, let me stop you right there. 
How the fuck does a con start? It has to start small. Right. It starts and it builds up. Even San Diego Comic-Con, it started in the basement of a hotel like a lot of cons do, and it builds up. Mm -hmm. So for Rob to say that, I think... I didn't. I don't think that was fair, because everybody has to start somewhere. Right. And the only way you're going to do it is if you try. So to say that all these small cons, because one of these next small cons could be the next cool new big <clears throat> convention, but you have to let these people try. Well, where it pisses me off is where he says that uh, many small shows have attempted to rise, clogging up the landscape with their disappointments. The changeover in the guest priority. It's called Wizard World Comic Con. <laughs> The chain, okay. The changeover in the guest priorities um, from fans is visible. I believe Amazing is doing the right thing and playing to their strengths and ditching the overly competitive, competitive, saturated Arizona marketplace. Many of my friends have done recent Arizona shows and have reported huge disappointments. Okay, here's like where my, this set me off. <laughs> like I said before, we have. One, we had two conventions, credible conventions, Phoenix Comic Con and Amazing Arizona. Mm-hmm, that's okay. it. Two, Tucson, I'm not counting them because you're in Tucson. Not not to be a dick, but I'm just saying you're in Tucson. I don't attend your convention. So in the Phoenix area, metropolitan area, you had two conventions. One in February, one in June. One in February, one in June, May Or June. the end of May. Either way. It's the okay. same temperature. I consider but you're sitting here saying that... One, you, it, it kind of, in my opinion, kind of flip-flops. One, he blames the convention-goer for saying that we took advantage of, of Amazing Arizona. We took it for granted. Granted. So we took it for granted. But then, again, you're saying it's the, the fault of smaller conventions for trying to start and but everybody oversaturating everything. You know, it's just... Because you got to remember, Amazing Con was tiny when it was in Mesa. Yeah. It was in the Mesa Convention <clears throat> Center, which is very small. Mm-hmm. It, and it grew, and he was smart, and he worked it right, and he played it, and it became something awesome. Yeah. But he had to start out small, and, and eventually he was one of the ones that was cl- clogging yep. other conventions. And to... There, I don't see where you're saying that this market is competitive. If you're talking about the the shops, there's only maybe two shops that try. There's the only real shop I know of that has consistent signings or tries to is is Jesse. I don't see a lot of people at Drawn to Comics. Sam Samurai does during Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. I don't. I don't ever see them having a random signing at a store. We're not Midtown. We're not. We're not fucking New York City. We don't have just artists and writers that show up mm. and we'll do signings. Like, they have to get them here. So, you know, it's just, to me, that right there is a comment that was just kind of half thought out and thrown out there. You know, we're not an overly competitive market. We're not saturated. And I think the reason why a lot of comic book <sighs> artists and writers here are finding that Arizona has been... is. I guess they say would be more lackluster to them is because it's, and I, I, I think we have talked about it before where I think we're stuck in this West coast set of artists where they, where they're attending these 
West Coast conventions because it's close. They can drive out. They can they can do the quick flight. So we're seeing them a lot. Like, I use George Perez as a good example. By the time he was, by the time we seen him twice in Amazing, and we seen him uh, all the way back to this uh, Phoenix Comic Con, dude. I have I have a stack of books signed by him. A, yeah. a stack. You know, and by the time we'd gotten to Phoenix Comic Con, I got two books signed by him. <coughs> you know what I mean? And 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 same thing with like Charlie Soul and stuff. He's been here a few times. We we all have some two years in a row. We all have our stuff signed by him. Yep. You know, we all have got our 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 Death of Wolverine signed by him. We've got that's all done. We we got it, you know what I mean? We've we got it all signed. It and I think that's what's going on with this is it, it's same thing with Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont's been here a few times in a row now. It's great that he's coming back and it's awesome that 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 these conventions could get him to come out. But after the second or third time, you got everything signed by him. I mean, it, yeah. two conventions, you see the same person twice, two conventions, you've chit-chatted with the guy. The guy probably fucking, I mean, like, I would have to say fucking Kyle Higgins probably recognizes us by now. He's We've seen him a few times now. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, like, even to the point, like, uh, I was in line for uh, Kevin Eastman. Kevin Eastman is, he's actually, fam- you know, he doesn't know me my name. We're not best friends. But he sees me and it's, hey, you again. Yeah. I have seen Kevin Eastman enough times that he says, hey, Hey, you again, mm-hmm. you know, which is not bad. It's great. You know, I fucking, the guy who made a Ninja Turtles fucking pointed at me and fucking like he knows me. That's cool. But at the same time, I, I got a shitload of stuff signed by him now. And well, I think that's, that's, you know, it's, it's great. Kevin Eastman comes. We don't see him for a couple of years. He comes back. Fuck yeah. We have built back up these books that we need to get signed by him again. Mm-hmm. George Perez, I mean, he, he doesn't do a lot now, He but he's done so much, but, you know what I mean? You got to let it build back up. You know, Norm Ratman, he's great. He's awesome. I'm glad to see him every time he comes here, but the last time he came here, I have everything signed by him. I'm going to throw a name out at you. Chad Harden. Mm-hmm. Chad Harden was at every fucking Arizona convention last year. He was at Amazing, and he was at PCC. He was at both the major conventions last year. He's always at Amazing Arizona. He was there last year. Yeah. That, that's my gripe. As I'm sure, because like I said, I'm not on the other end of it on the, as far as like the convention going, but if you can get people to go to Hawaii and, and fucking Vegas. I'm sure Vegas, it's hard to get people to go to Hawaii. You can, but that's more money for him because he's got to pay for, you got to think he's got everything he's got to pay for for them to be there. Yeah. <clears throat> These people are already making bank when they come. We know this. We've talked about this. Yeah, they've done articles on it. Rob Liefeld himself. He, at the last Amazing Arizona coming, it was $30 for his fucking signature on top of a fee to have someone from CGC witness the signature on top of whatever you're paying CGC to grade and encapsulate yeah. your book. Bri- our, Brian spent, what, $400? Yeah. On, a Rob, on one Rob Liefeld signature. I think he got two. Oh, sorry, two. Okay. But still, that yeah. means that's $200 a piece for a fucking signature. 
mm-hmm. when most comic book writers charge either five bucks or they just fucking do it for free. It, it's usually only the older guys now that are charging, you know? I think with the thing with the grading thing now and the, the eBay is what's causing people to charge now. Well, when we were there, Kyle Higgins, he said, you know, I got people walking. He was charging five bucks a signature for people walking up with stacks of the same book. Yeah. Because we had all four or all five Power Rangers covered, but they were all a different Ranger. He just signed it for us and was like, here you go. Yeah. But Charlie Soul, who's a huge writer in comics, a huge name in comics, was literally sitting there twiddling his thumbs last week, yeah, last year. And it's not, my gripe is that it's not necessarily our, the convention goer's fault. It's, like you said, it's a rotating cast of the same fucking people. And since you're bringing in the same fucking people, people aren't going to come. People aren't going to spend that money. People, and, and that's one of my things with Amazing Arizona over Phoenix is that there's not a lot to do other than the convention floor. There's not a lot of panels to go to. There's not a lot that entices you to stay after you've walked the vendor floor 20 times. Like, yeah, it was nice having Ryan Otley there last year. And you had George, you know, George Perez and you had Chris Claremont, which. See, but I have like, like I, you know, like I have a backpack full of books like the year prior. Dude. I had to go every day because I had so many books I wanted to get signed by everybody and stand in line. <clears throat> like, remember the year before? Remember it was, uh, uh, was that last year with Todd McFarlane? It was the year uh, before. Two years ago. It was the year before. Cause we, so we had Todd McFarlane, we had fucking uh, Capullo. We had, you well, know what? He's another reason. Hey, there's another one. He, for some reason, isn't going to do com- er- er- amazing conventions anymore. Isn't that what he said via Twitter last year? Something happened where he was no longer affiliated with them? I, something like that. I was no longer going to do things. That I couldn't remember. I can't remember if it was PCC. I think it was Amazing Arizona. I don't think it was PCC. No, it was Amazing Arizona. But he said there's something happened where he's no longer going to be affiliated with them. So there's one of your biggest draws. The, the quintessential Batman artist, other than Neil Adams, is Greg Capullo. Everyone said, you know, Greg Adams or Neil Adams and Greg Capullo right there are two of the biggest talked about artists when it comes to Batman. So something happened where he's not coming to this convention anymore. Okay. So you're getting all the same talent. You're replacing one or two guys. It takes one big name to sell out. There was a debacle a few years ago. I don't know if you went when Stan Lee was here. He canceled last minute and they had a clusterfuck trying to re- oh, return they people's. Jones. Yeah. They had a clusterfuck trying to return people's money that bought tickets for Stan Lee. That was stuff. the same year that Robert Kirkman was there. <laughs> yep. And so it was a, it was a nightmare. And it's that this convention, to me, even before all this, it seems like the it, it was piss poor planning. Shit happens. The guy's old. I, I you know he I don't know people cancel. <laughs> it happens. I mean it's it's like my dad always says. Um, he says uh, piss poor for or what is it? Prudent proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I, you know what? You can do all the planning in the world, and if somebody says I'm not coming. They're not coming. Just that, like, this, but you have a contingency plan for that. Just like the governor, when he bailed on us at Phoenix, he it was like a week before he said, "I'm not coming." There was no contingency plan. They just he wasn't there. But you give people refunds, so you have a proper refund plan set in place for someone. They did. Out. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they. It took that was the biggest gripe that it took them forever to get people to refunds. They had issues getting people refunds. It, it was a fucking clusterfuck. In. That, that's just my thing is that 
it's not. There's just, so I much that goes into can, this. I just don't. I, I you can't. You can be mad that they canceled, but I don't believe you could truly blame the organizers because somebody canceled. Like, no, no, I'm not blaming for the cancelization. I'm blaming for how it was handled. The cancelization, yeah, that shit happens, but I'm blaming how the the process to refund people or handle people that were upset. No, was, it was a was year handled. before. It was the year prior to Kirkman. It was three. Jim Lee. I think Jim Lee was there. Yeah, it ended up being Jim Lee, yes. So, and that's what I'm saying, is that it was just Which that, poorly handled. But that's that's awesome, too. I, I, yeah. You know, it's not quite Stan Lee, but it's Jim Lee. It's still a Lee. But I'm last year. But, I mean, how I think that's awesome, man, I, that they got Jim Lee. But my gripe was last year is that they had all the same people as the year before. He was stacking, and it took him a long time to announce. I remember we were waiting for a long time for them to announce people for Amazing Arizona. As he was sitting there stacking Hawaii. We were hoping for Robert Kirkman. We didn't get Kirkman, but Hawaii did. Yeah. you know. But we got Kirkman a couple years ago, too. But still, my, my point is it takes one big name to draw people. Robert Kirkman. That place was packed. Is going to draw a crowd. You know, Scott Snyder is going to draw a crowd. You see what I'm getting at? One big name draws a crowd. Rob Liefeld, no disrespect to Rob, isn't that big. He, he's a big draw because of Deadpool. But then in return, if you're not a Deadpool fan, he's not that big of a draw because you saw him the last five years he was there. I don't know. Last year, the line was pretty fucking long for Rob Liefeld. It was fucking super long last year. But it's all it's all Deadpool people. Like my big thing with Rob Liefeld is the the year Kirkman was there, they did amazing. They did amazing Arizona Comic Con variant for Walking Dead number one. Yep. He drew that variant. He wants thirty dollars to sign that variant. Thirty dollars to sign something that you just drew the cover for in the interiors of someone else's work. Thirty dollars yeah. for that? No, that's ridiculous. That's why I didn't get it. Great. That's why I didn't get it signed. Yeah, I didn't either. It's it's because I had I had actually had brought it and I just put it back in my backpack. Boop. But the, the, I don't think you know if if your friends are saying that they don't do good in Arizona, it's because the market's oversaturated and FanFest is a clusterfuck. I honestly believe. That fan fest is one and fan fest and um, Mesa Media Expo are two conventions that hurt the reputation of the convention scene in the Phoenix area from people coming here because of how poorly they were handled. Yeah, and how how poorly they're put together. Because I can tell you what, as of the last year, I was shocked as fuck to hear that they're going to bring back another fan fest. That they're going to have fan fest next year. I was blown Dude, away. No, I wasn't because they made fucking hand over fist and money because they got for the for the act for they had fucking John Cena there. Yeah. Of course. Dude, how we were sitting there watching the line for John Cena. How many motherfuckers had fucking WWE belts that they were gonna yeah. get to about every third fucking person? No, they they fucking they killed for us, the comic book convention goer. We got shorted for the wrestling fan, for the actor fan, for the for the common for the common people that that are on the like I would say the fringe of nerdy, where you know like they got like you know like remember they had they had Ralph Macchio, yeah that that 
that that was amazing. That was Phoenix Comic Con. That was, but they had that. That was a broad. Mm-hmm. Every person that's f- grew up in the watching nineteen eighties movies got to go meet Ralph Macchio. That's and I and I and that's where I truly think that's where they mean by the landscape <clears throat> is changing. Where they're. There's more people that are, that are into nerdy stuff, but it's it's on a different. It's the pop culture side of things. It's yes. the landscape side of the pop vinyls. The I go see the Marvel movie, but I've never I don't read the Marvel book. I I love Marvel movies. I love, you know, what I mean, you like Batman, but you mm-hmm. like Batman. You mean, you, hey, you know, have you read you know Hush? Yeah. What's that? But that, and that's and I think that's and I think that's where the landscape is changing is, is, the person that's going to the convention is who they're, who the convention is aiming at. That's where the landscape has changed. Well, yeah, and I understand what they mean by that, and and that's not my gripe. My gripe, like you, you say that that San Diego, is more of that. I find actually San Diego is the perfect split. Between pop culture and comic fan. No way, because you can walk through the Artist of Alley of San Diego and just walk up to... There is no line, unless it's a ticketed thing where there's only... They're giving out 70 bands. Like, if they had Greg Caputo sitting in Artist Alley, nobody would be standing there. Because if you could just... If he was there for seven hours, just sitting at a booth, there would be no line. Okay, like Rob Liefeld, for example, two years ago, he was there. He had a booth. Here at Amazing, there was a line that wrapped around to see him. You go to San Diego Comic-Con, you wait in line for a minute and a half. Well, and it's also the different amount of people, though, too. Nobody cares. Nobody cares because everybody's there for the movie stars. Everybody's there for Hall H. People aren't there for the comic, as much for the comic book side. The people that never make it to this side of the, the town, of the, the United States, I saw they always had long ass lines. So you had a long ass line for like Charlie Adlard. When we were there, the line was long. We were just smart enough to get into it early. You know, Adlard always had a line. Jim Lee but always had a line. He doesn't make a lot of appearances. That's why right. his line is exactly. long. It's, it's smart. And, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't banded. It was just you could just walk up. Like Robert Kirkman was banded. We got lucky yeah. enough that they let us in. But he, but same thing. Robert Kirkman has taken his amount of appearances and he's dwindled them down to nothing. Yeah. You know, like Grant Morrison, if they just set him at a booth at San Diego Comic-Con, it wouldn't have been wrapped around like it is for him. It, 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 there would have been a line. Don't get me wrong. There probably would there probably be, always be 10 people in line, 15 people in line, but it wouldn't wrap around. You know, like even at WonderCon, Brian Michael Bennett's line was fucking astronomical for him. Yeah. But I think if he was just sitting there all day long, but he was only doing an hour signing at a time. That's why the line was long. If he's sitting there for six hours, the line wouldn't be long. They've they where San Diego Comic Cons, they create the long line for the comic book because it's only what? They're only giving out fifty bands. You run for a band. If if he just sits there for four hours, that line isn't gonna be like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But but any every other artist that's sitting in Artist Alley, you just walk up to, you hand him your book, you bullshit with him for a minute, and you go about your day at San Diego Comic Con. Where at 
other conventions, the line is wrapped for them. But my, but my also thought process is, why not get some of these guys that people... San Diego is so hard to get into. We've been lucky to go the last two years. It's hard to get into. Why not get some of these guys to come to Arizona? Why not get... Okay, so you can't get a huge... I think they're more required to go to San Diego. I think well, it's part maybe. of... I think it's... It's part of okay. You this is this is the end all be all for this. Yeah. You, you have to make some kind of appearance unless you're truly somewhere else. You have to make an appearance. But I mean, how many appearances does J. Scott Campbell make? He makes a few. Like why? Why hasn't he ever been here? Why you know? Try and get J. Scott Campbell. Try and get you know. There's there's all these people that they can try to get to to bring people. I think in. the problem is 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 they're always somewhere. I think that's the hardest problem, and I think that's, and I think it's, it's it, honestly, I bet you it's probably easier to to lock down a lot of these actors than it is a lot of these. Well, yeah, and I understand, and and I guarantee within the next five years, it's we're gonna see a turn because it's gonna be just as hard to get these actors because that's what everybody's gonna be going for now. You already see it, you already see it with Wizard, you already see it with like. Like Rhode Island Comic Con, you saw there was a lot of actors. Boston Comic Con, you saw there was a lot of actors. You you're starting to see this trend where that's what you have to do now. You, that's that you're appealing to more of the market now with actors, and I just think that's where it's. And I think it's in five within five years, it's going to be hard to get actors, and you're going to start seeing a shift, and they're going to have to figure out something else now. Well, here's my thing. What really set me off about all this is, one, they blame us. The, the, I thought that was kind of uncalled for. For the blame was put on us and saying that we took it, that we took for granted that convention. Okay, the blame was put on the, the oversaturate. They're not talking the oversaturation of the market. They're saying specifically the oversaturation of the Phoenix market. I I think that was, I think, I don't think he thought that one through. I really don't. And maybe they see it differently than we do. They want to say that their friends aren't making money. Well, when, to me, if you're going to complain about your performance the last two years at, at Amazing Arizona, to me, that was 100% Jimmy J shooting himself in the foot. Bringing back the exact same people the year before, locking down the exact same people the year before, was shooting himself in the foot. Because if people just saw those people last year, they, well, why do you care? You know? You don't, you're not going to rush out to get that that Chris Claremont book and hear the same story you you heard last year. Like, I don't think I got any... I didn't get a sketch by Perez last year. I got a few of them the year before. Mm-hmm. Or two of them. I got two of them the year before. I didn't get any this year in 2016. I don't even think I got him to sign anything. Honestly. I mean, Todd McFarlane lives here in the Valley. It can't be that hard to get him to come to conventions. I guess so. <laughs> Apparently so. But but I mean, Amazing got him the year before. Yeah. With Greg Capullo. How awesome was that? I fucking told them a joke and they laughed. You <laughs> yeah. got a picture. <laughs> I, I should, I'm going to make that my profile picture right now. But to, to finish this off, I, I ended it with, well, before this turns from a, uh, a constructive criticism to an ego-boosting competition, I'm going to respectfully grant Jesse's request and take this conversation to a different medium. I would, however, fully love to continue this in, uh, in the form of an interview with you, Rob, as well as Jimmy J. I'm sure all the local listeners would, uh, local, local, all the local listeners of the Absolute Geek Podcast would love to hear it. Uh, and I formally invite you on the podcast to have this discussion through an interview. Because I would love to hear the other side of it. 
You know, I would, I would love to hear the other side of convention going because obviously it's hard because look at Mesa Media and that that convention didn't make an, a third year appearance. And I think that convention was poorly, poorly put together and poorly executed, you know, and I, I'm sure that the talent has got to be hard to lock down. But I'm sure I'm sure you've got to be on top of it months in advance, you know. Or years in advance. And who knows how far out they book their talent. You know, but what I'm tired of is them booking talent and expecting us to go to these conventions and piss away all this money. And they only have these guests show up for one day or two days, you know, or they're getting angry. Like, I know FanFest, FanFest last year. Well, the last year it was at the the uh, University of Phoenix Stadium. A lot of people complained. A lot of vendors complained that they weren't making money because they did it in November during the holiday season, so people weren't spending that mo- kind of money. You know, it's just to me, you you made com- comments were made that were inappropriate. That I look at it as this convention shot itself in the foot, and for you to say that we took it for granted. Is, is a little over the line. And I don't blame... And, and the only thing I blame Jimmy J for as a fan and a fan standpoint is giving us the same talent two years in a row. To me, it felt like there wasn't an attempt to get different talent. Because you got to think of it. <clears throat> Amazing Arizona is technically one of the first conventions that kick off the convention season. So how hard is it to get people to come in that time of year? Well, that's that that kicks off. Yeah, that kicks up. But how many other cities kick off in early in the year? There's, you're, it it kicks off our season of what like we do. But how many? That's what I'm saying. There's st- they still are trying to book. I mean, how many conventions do you think happen in the month of February? But you don't see Salt Lake City having like. I've looked at Salt Lake City's lineup the last couple of years, and I'm like, "Damn, like that's a nice lineup." Colorado, Denver we, Comic Con, but we, but you know, years past, we had those awesome lineups too. And, yeah. and I'm sure eventually, what's going to happen is you're gonna, you're gonna start seeing it flip. But it's 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 a new place, you know. They keep, and that's what I was saying before is we're getting, and a lot of the people we've already had too. You're seeing their their artists and. To me, to me, this just screams that it's all about the money. And to me, it seems like, to me, honestly, it seems like Jimmy J wants to be a big fish in a small pond. So he's taking his convention to out of Phoenix, and he's taking it to an area where they don't really have a lot of conventions. So he doesn't have a lot of competition. Conventions, comic convention. No, I'm talking Hawaii. Yeah, but he's still doing Vegas too. Yeah, he's doing Vegas and Hawaii. So Vegas has a wizard. But here's, they have a Las Vegas con. Here's the thing about Vegas, though. Vegas, it's a no-brainer because it, it people aren't going there just for the convention. People are already in Vegas partying and have a good time. And they're like, oh, shit, a comic convention? Let me buy tickets. Let me go check it out. That's exactly why I want to go there. Yeah, it's a no-fucking-brainer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a no-brainer. That's what I said at the beginning. Because it, it makes you money. Like, it, it's throwing hand-over-fist money. But... It, it, so he's saying it's essentially it feels like he's saying but it's like that, that that's it's not on the strip no i know but it's, it's essentially it's off the strip feeling like he's saying let me let me get rid of these conventions 
that I have to actually work hard on and are becoming overpopulated to where I can't compete anymore to these smaller areas where I don't have to compete. There's a lot of competing in Vegas, though. That's why I'm not 100% sure why. I uh, The only convention I ever, common convention I ever hear about in Vegas is amazing. It's amazing. Convention. Wizard goes there. They have a Las Vegas Comic Con. They... When's Las Vegas Comic Con? August. Let's look this up. Because I've never heard of Las Vegas Comic Con. Because I was just looking at the lineup for it, <laughs> actually, to see if I was going to... Uh... Las Vegas Comic Con 2017. It's in December. Oh, it's... Uh, it's... I see Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. There's... And then, let's see, Wizard. Is it the Great American Comic Con? It might be Las, Las Vegas Great American. Great American Comic Convention. I just think, because I, I was looking at their lineup, and their lineup that they have was nobody that was worth me, because I think one of the groups I'm in. Joe Rubenstein, Neil Adams, Brian Polito, that dude's here all the time. It's, see, they're. Mike Zeck. It's, it's people that, see, those are all people that we've had a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And maybe they don't, haven't been to Vegas as much, I'm not sure, but. Bob Layton. We just had him. We just had Mike Zek. We, you know what I mean? Ruben Stein we just had at Amazing. He was sitting next to Chris Claremont. Yeah. Uh, Len Wein. We just had him he, at Amazing. He canceled also. and so did Chad Harden. But you, you their lineup. It's, it's no competition, though. That that line, that con does not look like it's a, comp, a, a competition. Those are good names, it. though. Those are big names there. Let's see what we are just, and I think this is part of it too. And I, and maybe this is what Rob Liefeld also meant by taking for granted too is, is you just rattle those people off. You just rattled off Mike Zek, Neil Adams, and we were just like meh, <laughs> because we've had them a bunch of times. We had Mike Zek two years in a row. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Len Wein was at what last year's amazing with Herb Trimpey. Remember, they're both studying. They're both studying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Bob Layton, we just we we've had him at our last couple fan fests. He was at the first one, and then this year's, yeah. So we're getting. You know, what I mean, those are all people that are coming here often, but they might not come to Vegas. Do you know what I mean? Those are big names. That's a big. When was that convention? Did you see? It's in December. It's in December. Yeah. So the Christmas time isn't the problem because th- these people are going to. No, no, I'm saying when I said that the the Christmas is the problem for why people aren't spending money. Yeah. At the conventions. But they they've got like that that con, as right before what you said was, the kickoff of the comic book, of of convention season. Well, no, that they, they considered that the winding down because. It's after the due year, so it's the kickoff. Amazing Comic Con, I believe, is the first. Our first. It's either the first or second convention of the new year. Yeah. But not for everywhere. It's our first convention of the year. Amazing is what kicked everything off for us, for Arizona. 
Like, there's not, you know what I mean? If you Google it, I'm sure there's a bunch of cons in February. Let's see. I'm just saying that that kicks off our comic book convention season. For us, we have an early con in February that kicks everything off for the year with us. We have February, then we March, April. We don't really have anything. May, we have uh, Phoenix Comic Con. And then you have the option to go to Vegas over in in the end of June to go back to Amazing. And then in July, you have San Diego Comic-Con. And then you got August, September. And, and then you have another con here. You have FanFest. And then you, you had a two-month gap. And then you were back to... Uh, you're back to Amazing. You see what mm-hmm. I mean? That, that that's what kicks off our con season. And now our con season doesn't kick. We don't have really anything until the summer. Well, I I just feel like that was my whole gripe is that it was nothing. It's not necessarily the fact that they're they're pulling out <laughs> of Arizona. It's the fact that it it feels like it's a spit in the face to comic fans. Especially the way it it happened, because it happened. I'm sure it was very hard for him to do. Because you know what, I was starting to wonder why we weren't having our first trickle of who's going to be at Amazing. Usually, we've already gotten our first update of our. Yeah. F- I mean, this is December. It's in two months. We we had already gotten our 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 balls tickled by the first couple people that were being announced. Now we don't have that. That's, I was actually starting to wonder because they actually stopped the the countdown. The countdown was at fucking like fifty eight days. That's just <laughs> my 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 whole gripe was with the way everything was presented, and it was that it felt like they were more pointing the finger at us as the convention goer. I well, you know, if 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 in all actuality, if Jesse wouldn't have posted that. And no one would have commented. None of that would have happened. Right. Because he posted it on his website, on the Amazing Comic-Con website, mm-hmm. where, that he's decided to take it out. The only reason it went like that is because it was, instead of having one statement made, we had the ability to talk to everybody and listen to actually people converse about it. Right. So like, if, if nobody actually would have commented on Jesse's, hey, thanks for the last five years, we probably we our our podcast would have been half to, half as long, right? <laughs> it's only because we had the opportunity to to hear firsthand from the guy who creates it and from the guy who's been there five out of six years. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's because both of them are friends with Jesse; they actually got to see that as well. But then, but to me, like that's that's one thing that upsets me about. Amazing Comic Con though is it, it feels like it's you know and like I said it feels to me like they're just in it for your money and that you're not throwing enough money at, and they're worried about you throwing more money at them because it's it's literally a lot of him parading his friends around. But it always boils down to money. Everything boils yeah, down but to money. You're parading your friends around to the same. But it's it's a different thing to to do it for money, but then to blatantly say, yeah, I think the fans are stupid enough that they'll. They'll give me the money to come to the same convention two years in a row with the same lineup, and I'm just gonna pra- pra- parade my friends around 
for the last five years. You know, Brian, I have an issue too with, like, I like Brian Palato. He's a nice guy. But does he have to be at every Arizona convention? Just because he lives here doesn't mean he has to come to every convention. He's a space filler. You know, and do I don't read Lady Death. I'm sure there's people out there that do read Lady Death, but I'm not one of those people. Yeah. And But that's the hard thing about a convention. You have to be able to sit down and go, okay, I know what I like, but I don't like everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're trying to plan a convention, I mean, you have to try to – you need to space it enough that you get everybody there. And I think that's, I just think that's hard to do. Like if you're a comic creator, you're a comic book writer, and you get contacted by Great Lakes Comic Con, Portland Comic Con, and Arizona Comic Con, which one are you going to? I'd go to Emerald City. No, no, no. You're, Emerald City's not a choice. I'm saying it's a con in February. Well, they, I don't think. They, Great Lakes Comic Con, Portland Comic Con. Great Lake. Great Lakes Comic Con. Where's that? That's like Michigan. Oh. Uh, well, first off, I wouldn't go to Michigan if you paid me. Great Lakes Comic Con, Portland Comic Con, or Arizona, and it's February. Where are you going to go? You'd probably come here because it's nicer. Exactly. So my point is, and it exactly goes back to what you said, money talks. So it's about what are you willing to give up or what kind of deal are you willing to cut to get those people to come here? And that time of year, obviously, if they're East Coast people, why wouldn't you want to come to the West Coast? Why wouldn't you want to come right. to, like, Arizona in the middle of February or or Long Beach Comic Con in the middle of February? Why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, if you're someone that's in the snow, why wouldn't you want to come? Yeah. And, and that's my thing. is It's like you said, it, it felt like, it to me anyways, it felt like last year... He didn't try enough to get quality people here. It was, I can well, lock down did. these people. He got quality people. We just had it two years in a row. Well, right. But it, to me, it felt like, hey, these people were here last year. I can lock them down again. We're just going to put on the same convention two years in a row. And I'm going to focus on Hawaii. And, and that's what it felt like. Because Hawaii had people I wanted to see. But unfortunately, I can't afford to go to Hawaii. Right. You know, I can't afford to go to Hawaii for a comic convention. I'm starting to think about it. Maybe I'll go there instead of Vegas. Yeah. That's even that's a fucking shit ton. That's going to be more expensive than My going to... My wife told me we can't go to Hawaii so we can go to a comic convention. Yeah, that's going to be more expensive than going to San Diego. She already she already put the fucking the kibosh on that one. She vetoed it. You know, it's just... But I think we've made our point. I think we've made it pretty clear. <laughs> I mean, Almost two hours, yeah, clear, yeah. Let's do comics. Let's let's review some comics. Why we well, came like, here on Thursday? Like that's just my thing, though. It's like I know I started shit online with him, but I feel like I had valid points that I understand why you're doing it. <laughs> Too bad no one can read the ones I got deleted. I know, <laughs> but yeah. no, I, I I think we made good points. I think we've seen it from both sides. I think we've droned on enough about it. I I like I said it. I understand that I'm sure it's probably hard to get talent here to your point, but to that, blame us and to point the finger at us and say that we took we took that the convention for granted, and I think that was where it set me off. And that I, you know I never took it for granted because you know, and I'll I'll make this one last point: is amazing Comic Con. I always shelled out, and this is something I never do for, um, Phoenix Comic Con is is. Uh, amazing. I always shelled out the premium. It was like 
the $185 tickets where you got in a half hour early, you got to the front line. That's what I always bought for amazing. Like that, that that's, I banked my money into that convention. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, I bought the regular ticket. <clears throat> I strolled around, but amazing. That's I, that, I, that's where I put my money into. That's where I spent. That's where I always overspend was amazing. Yeah. And I, like, Phoenix Comic Con, I spend next to nothing. Yeah. I pretty much pay to get in, and I, I don't really buy anything there, and I pay for the autographs I need to pay for, but amazing. I would spend the $185 on a pass. I would buy, you know what I mean? I bought the uh, their variants, and I... I spent money there. That's, but now I won't. Well, yeah, I will. I'll just do it in Vegas. Well, and and I think that's like I said, it to me it's a slap in the face of the comic book fan because he's taking away our only real con- our only real convention that was tailored towards us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when they put it, when you sent me the message off of that you got off of the amazing years on the site. What was my response? That sucks. That sucks. You know that was my response. That sucks. I sent that to everybody. That's what. Everybody I talked to said it wasn't until Jesse posted that, and and Jimmy J responded the way he did with what he said, and then Rob Liefeld responded with what he said <laughs> that set me off because it was elegantly put on the website, and then it was when he posted on Jesse's page, it felt like it was a bunch of fucking finger pointing. Yeah. And that's where I got upset. And I was like, listen, you were to blame for this too because you scheduled the guest. You decided to schedule the same guest two years in a row. You decided to shoot yourself in the foot. And you want to sit here and point fingers at us saying, well, we're taking this for granted. And that you're telling me that you have artists, buddies in the business that, you know, um, haven't done well here. Don't try to big shot me. Like, that's exactly what Rob Liefeld was trying to do. He was trying to be arrogant. He was trying to big shot me. With his response. And I wasn't going to, and I didn't fucking play it. You know, you're not going to big shot me. I understand that you created Deadpool and Cable. That's fantastic, dude. I am proud of you. I appreciate it. But at the end of the day, I have my opinions on you. (laughs) I expressed them. They got deleted. You know, it just, to me, and I'll probably go back and delete my other comments from Jesse's page. (laughs) Just because it doesn't need to go on any further. Like, this is the end of it. We, I, I, I don't know. I think they've shut the comments off. Maybe because no one's uh, no one's saying anything. Nobody's saying shit about but it. That, that's just my gripe. Is that and, and again, I, I'll apologize to Jesse, to Jimmy J because like I wasn't trying to come off as a dick. I felt like you were coming off as a dick. Like I said, <laughs> when it was elegantly put on the website. I was like, man, that sucks. I had nothing to say about it. It wasn't until he made the comments and Rob Liefeld decided to make those same comments on Jesse's page that I got mad because it, it went from, you know, this elegantly put thing to basically finger pointing and cry and whining. Oh, it's an oversaturated market. We can't, we can't do anything there. So it, it to me, it felt like, well, you're you're wanting to pick up your ball and go somewhere where you can be the big fish in the pond and you don't have that much competition at that time of year. And that's fine. In but, June? 
or well, but you're like I said, Vegas. Who fucking cares? He's gonna make money in Vegas because people are already there. It's a vacation destination. People are already there. People are gonna come to that convention, not giving a fuck who's there. I think it's, it's I think we're Vegas. just repeating ourselves now. No, I know, but yeah. I'm just let's let's review some comic books. Fuck comic books. Let's review some comic. Fuck books. these comic books. I'm just saying, you know, my I feel like my points are valid because. You, I mean, you kind of discredited me here, and you, you made me see things in a different, in a different light. <laughs> but I still stick to my points and my original, my original reason. I got mad. I agree. I think Rob Liefeld. I think he went about it a little wrong. But I, I and that's I don't thing. think he knows how to control himself. Only reason I got mad is because of the way Jimmy J put it on his page, and the way Rob Liefeld continued with it. And that that's it. Like otherwise, I was like, that sucks. And that's the end of it. But <laughs> that'll do it for this fucking two-hour episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. All right. So Call it a Rant Rant City, bitch. <laughs> rant Rant City, bitch. Right? All Fuck. Right, so Old Man Logan. I was the first oh, one. Oh, no, no, no. We're not. We're, no, we're going to fucking end it here. What are you talking about? But, uh, I'm so pissed that, that no, they no, switched no, artists just, for Old yeah, Man no, Logan. No, no, no. And I got Venom here. I got Batman, Batman Beyond was pretty good. For the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. Detective Comics. I'm Matt. The f- dude, the Flash. The Flash kicked ass. He's Kyle. And we will see you guys. I give Old Man Logan. Next time. I give it a 7-5 because the art changed.